And speaking of what to expect, we told you to expect him, and he's on time and and uh, punctual as always. We'll head to the Back in Action hotline now, and welcome to the show, head football coach Blake Anderson. What's up, coach? Good morning, sir. How we doing? Man, I don't know, coach. Uh, I'm sitting here analyzing a schedule, and I don't exactly know how to analyze it, so I just thought the one expert that I know that could probably help me with this is, well, the head football coach, Coach Blake Anderson. Uh, I don't have a clue, dude. We're going to play whoever Terry tells me to play, I guess. Uh, it is definitely a work in progress. Still uh, a lot of decisions, I think, that have to be made conference by conference and maybe even NCAA. And I don't know. Federal government may be involved. Who knows who's always involved in decision-making at this point about the season. But we have a lot of scenarios in play to try, if possible, you know, play as many games as we can, and um, I guess just there's a possibility that it could be conference only. Uh, and, and heck, the, the the likelihood of pushing things in spring and not playing at all, I guess that's still on the table as well, uh, although not something that I've been involved in conversations about. So um, we're just going to we're going to keep working and keep getting them ready, knowing that we're going to start at some point, maybe as early as next Thursday, maybe as late as – August 6th or, or even beyond if things get pushed back. Coach, where does this put you guys uh, as a staff? Granted, everybody's kind of in the same boat uh, across the country, but where does this put you as a staff in, in regards to mindset, preparation? I know I know you well enough to know that you are a guy that is you can only control the things that you can control, so I know that well enough about you. But where does this put you guys in regards to game plan? It doesn't change anything for us. I mean, we just assume and expect to play on time. We assume and expect fall camp to go as planned as it has in the past with obviously, you know, protocols in place to keep everybody as safe as you possibly can. And we're going to work as if all those things are going to happen and we'll adjust if not. So, I mean, we've, we've had fall camp planned out for months now we've got scripts done we've got we know who's coming who's going to be here and and what we're going to do uh we just have to mitigate obviously uh, you know as much risk as possible in terms of social distancing where available you know where it's possible and masks and and um sanitation and everything else that we can and testing which we've done and have handled really well i mean we're not without a glitch but we've handled it really well and we just assume that's going to be the case moving forward. And, and, and so at this point, really the, the question for us is when do we get to start? Do we start on time? Does it get bumped back? And then who do we play in non-conference, if at all? Uh, but, but we don't get to those game plans until much further in the process anyway. Right now it's just about getting the team ready. Mm-hmm. And 99% of them are here working with the strength staff, have been for a while, doing really well. Uh, so – uh, our whole staff is back. We're not fixing to change what we do on offense or defense, you know, dramatically other than what typical changes we make in the offseason anyway. I would say we're in better shape than a lot of folks uh, that are putting in new systems without having practiced and haven't really even met with their kids, haven't even met some of their kids. And so I'd say we're in as good a shape as we could ask to be in under really strange and tenuous circumstances. Coach, one of the things we've – talked about I matter of fact I had a discussion with somebody the other day and talking about the Memphis game and uh, they brought up a, a, an idea 
kind of ran a, ran a by me, and they said, you know, you treat the Memphis game like a high school football game. You put the kids on the bus, go over and play them, and bring them back. Well, we're changing the way we do a lot of things anyway. So, in the past, we've stayed in hotels the night before the game. We've traveled. I mean, we're trying to change some of those protocols, and, and I don't know that that – I mean, we're going to travel over the day of we're in Memphis. We, will, we won't go over the day before. We'll travel over and play. Um, you know, obviously there's going to be testing protocols in place the week of, whether it's two days before, three days before, day before. We, we really don't know. But that, that's exactly what that will look like. I mean, we'll travel over that day, play that game that evening, and then come back, but that would have happened probably regardless. Um, with it being as close, most people that play us here stay in Memphis anyway. Uh, until you know the Embassy Suites was built, we didn't have a full service hotel that that opposing teams could come stay in and have meetings and and do meals. So ninety nine percent of them have stayed in Memphis regardless, and, and we were already planning to do to do the same. We're joined by head football coach Blake Anderson on the Back in Action Hotline. Well, coach, I can't help but notice, and obviously we can't talk specifics, but we can certainly talk about booms and things like that. You, you got to love it when you get to audio coming down your line. Yeah, I like it when you get to <laughs> I'm having to focus. Yeah, yeah, well, uh, some some things you – Is that Baxter again? Is that Brandon Baxter again doing this? I think we're being bamboozled. Uh, again, coach. He's uh, done that before. He's done that. He's hijacked our interviews before and done and turned his mic on it and and uh, and, and done his voiceovers on us before, if you remember. Oh yeah, and he was extremely embarrassed then, and he's maybe going to get that again. But uh, we'll continue on until they take care of it. But coach, I want to ask you. Um, Lots of booms lately. Lots, lots of, uh, lots of uh, commitments. Lots of recruiting news, things like that. Obviously, without talking about specific student athletes, uh, how has this recruiting process been during the middle of a pandemic? Well, we've had six commitments in six days, and all guys that we want. Uh, we're down to just a few spots. I think our staff has done a great job. I mean, phenomenal job under really difficult circumstances. Um, recruiting has not slowed down at all. We've used technology in ways we've never been able to use it before. Now, the NCAA changed rules and helped and allowed us to do things through Zoom and FaceTime and virtual tours. And as you know, man, we've got unbelievable facilities to sell. We've got programs in place that very few other places have in terms of uh, what we do with life after football and life uh, outside of football. And the kids that we're recruiting are just eating it up, and, and the staff has done a phenomenal job of getting them to a point where this is where they want to be so we're uh, we've got a very strong class put together and i expect that we'll finish it off during the fall there'll be a handful that we still hang on to don't don't want to rush with the but very pleased, and one of the things time, I think that's helping too is kids in this recruiting class that are committed are doing a great job of recruiting right for us as well. They're staying in contact, connected, group chats, phone calls, DMs, and they're, they're recruiting, which that's when it really gets crazy, when they start recruiting for you as well. Well, and, I, and I'll say this, uh, that's something that I've noticed, Coach. And matter of fact, I've noticed it in the past, but more so now than maybe ever. 
uh, in the world of recruiting, but you, you see certain guys, some that are already on campus, some that are not, that are that are absolutely turning into uh, 110% recruiters for you guys. What does that mean for you when you can see guys so early sometimes in the process already so bought in? Because I tell people all the time uh, in the world of recruiting, a commitment means to me, okay, I like you today. That's what that means to me, yeah. and because I've seen it far too many times, uh, how things get flipped. And so, how does it feel for you as a head coach being able to see some of these kids already like 110 percent bought in, so much so that they're turning into recruiters for you? Well, it's just a sign of things to come. To me, that's your leader. That's your guy that's going to be the glue to that class. When your quarterback commit is recruiting every offensive player when your middle linebacker commit is recruiting every defensive player and, and you got a safety that steps in and starts recruiting other guys that to me when you get here those are the guys that are going to run the room and, and and that's when you're really really good is when you got great leadership we can be great coaches and we can push them and push them and push them and try to lead them but when they lead from within, when they lead from within, that's when it gets special. And this group has picked that up and done a better job of that than any class in the last few years. Well, and so, Coach, when you looked at needs, obviously going into 2021, uh, let's talk about needs for this team. Let's talk about uh, where you wanted to most improve, especially as we look ahead uh, to this 2020 season, I hope, and then uh, looking forward into that 2021 recruiting class when you start talking about needs and wants uh, for this football team. Well, we're taking 25 uh, in 21 class, and we're taking at least one at every position, which is not something we've had the luxury of doing. Uh, in the last couple of years, we've had to really load up. Um, and we're taking multiple at wideout with the graduation and what we've lost, and that's gone well. We're taking multiple on the D-line because we're going to have a, a large class graduating out. The back end and the secondary taking multiple. And so when you're going to take two, three, four at a spot, it lets you, you know, really look for, for different body types, different personalities. If you're only taking one, I mean, you got to be super specific, and, and that's it. You know, at running back, one guy. At quarterback, one guy. Uh, it's pretty typical for you. But in some of those positions that play a lot more guys, you may be taking three or four. And that's how we built the class. Every position is going to get a help. We're going to fill it with predominantly high school guys, but we are taking some transfers. Still kind of staying with that, you know, 60-40 or 70-30 type mix of, of high school players. And we're getting closer, and the fan base will love to hear this, we're getting closer to the 80 number. If we can keep guys healthy and not lose guys to transfer, you know, we're getting closer. We're still not quite there, but our numbers got a chance to go up, you know, one or two spots from you know, last year. And I'm, you know, again, just keep fighting until we get up above 80 and get our, our roster stabilized. Uh, but, you know, this is, to me, a class that um, we have – kind of hit the same footprint that we've hit in the past. I think we've just done a better job with the time that we had. We weren't on the road. We weren't in a car. We weren't on a plane. These guys grinded through a ton of tape, through huddle, and we, we have hit some areas that I think we have just not been able to physically get to as good in the past. And you've seen some commits from guys in some kind of areas that are a little bit off the, you know, not, not typical for us. Uh, we've gotten into Louisville and done really well around the Louisville area. And that's just been a place that's been hard to get to for us in the past. And 
several of our guys are, are from that footprint. And we've gotten into Georgia, which is not that far off from what we've done in the past, but some areas that are kind of unique. And, heck, we got all the way down to San Antonio. We don't normally go to San Antonio. Uh, but film and interest from a kid got us there, and we're happy to have the kid commit. Well, that's something I wanted to ask you, Coach, uh, and it is recruiting again that I'm talking about. But, you know, with with the pandemic and the way you guys basically had to call an audible uh, to the world of recruiting, uh, not being able to get out and see face-to-face and so on and so forth, Zoom has been huge. Uh, you mentioned huddle and seeing film on kids and whatnot. How much of what you guys have learned through this recruiting and what seems to be going really, really well uh, in the recruiting world, how much of this do you think could possibly carry over and become a fixture? Uh, you know, if, if even when things do get back to what is, quote, the word I hate, new normal, uh, how much of this will maybe you guys keep? Well, I think it will depend on what the rules say. If you know, if everybody else in the country is out on the road, then obviously you got to you got to physically get out. But if it, if if we look at this and realize that with technology how it is, we can save money, stay on campus, use virtual recruiting, and then maybe add the opportunity for kids to get on campus if they have interest. I can see where it would kind of fit in the middle, but uh, I don't think I don't think just if we're trying to save money and be fiscally responsible, I don't see. It's just going back to the way it was and saying everybody fly all over and drive all over the country when we've realized and found that you can recruit effectively using technology. I do think the thing that's missing right now that, that we would love to see change at some point, if it's safe to do so, the kids have to have the ability to get on campus. And, and that's the one thing that they're missing is the unofficial visit or official visit opportunity right now that because of COVID, you know, they just can't. But but we're hoping that we get past that and we can find some middle ground. Uh, and, and, and we've seen that it, that it's possible that you can still do a really effective job through technology. I mean, Zoom meeting, that, that, that app, whoever owns that company, has, has life has changed for everybody. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Uh, well, Coach, uh, let's talk uh, about some individuals on the team. You know, uh, okay. you, t- you talked about the wide receiver position, and uh, I tell people all the time, there is no replacing a Kirk Merritt and Omar Bayless. It just, you, you just don't replace them. Um, but then you look, and it's time for someone else to step out of the uh, shadows and into the forefront. Uh, a guy like Jay Adams Jr., who is obviously Jonesboro born and raised here, um, and uh, he's getting a lot of pub. A lot of pub, but let's talk about that room well, as a should. whole. He yeah, should. yeah. He he kind of deserves it. He kind of deserves he's the pub. Earned it. He's earned it. Um, yeah. But let's talk about him and the growth you've okay. seen from him uh, from the day that he stepped on campus from Jonesboro High School to where he is now. And then let's talk about the uh, the rest of that room as well. Well, it's got a chance to be a really really talented room again. We we've recruited well there. Kids love the system and Coach Seppel and Coach Heck and the guys have have done a great job recruiting. I mean, Jay's going to be the alpha dog in the room. He's a leader. It's hands down his room, and he's earned it. I thought he played his best ball the last four or five games of the year last year. You see his confidence just build. He made catch upon catch, great catch, physical catches. I mean, if we all were 222 pounds of muscle like him, man, we'd never walk around with a shirt on. But, um, you know, he's he's got a chance to have a, a huge year. The NFL guys are all really, really interested in him, and he – has a passion to play at the next level. And I think he benefited from watching Omar and Kirk work the way they did. And 
developed the way they did. And if you remember, man, nobody was talking about Omar this time mm-hmm. a year ago. I mean, they just weren't. They, they just nobody really knew what to what to what was coming. I think we saw it coming, but not, not to the extent that it is. So, uh, I mean, he he's already getting publicity and notoriety, and, and I think he can just build on that. You got David Clayton, you got Jeff Foreman, you got Dahu Green. If we can get him completely healthy, the guy's a freak, and he just has been just battle injury nonstop. Um, you know, you you've got a lot of guys in that room, Bubba Agbor. That all these guys had really good springs, and then we've added some names. I mean, Corey Rucker is here, high school kid out of Mississippi. Rashad Paul transferred in from A and M, is now on campus, and this is a guy that runs ten four. Uh, Jawan Halls is here transferring in from Cincinnati. He's a 10-4 guy as well. It's going to be a fun room to coach and watch. Now, will it look the same? I don't know. I mean, we saw Brandon Bowling step in last year and catch 12 balls against SMU, and then you know he played just a reserve role, and then it seemed like every game he'd make a big catch. He's going to have his own opportunity to get out there and, and just be a guy. It's going to be a fun group to watch, and we got two quarterbacks that can get it to him. So, uh, we're 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 excited about what that's going to look like, Coach. I'm certainly glad you hit me with the assist, the no look bounce pass, uh, because that's where I was headed next. Is that uh, that quarterback room? And uh, I know you've not at all been asked about, uh, of course, the the top two guys in that room. You haven't had to answer any questions about that at None. all, and you have no experience None. whatsoever in having multiple quarterbacks uh, in in your room that uh, can start. But uh, let's talk about those two guys and, and what you've seen from them, of course, and then, of course, the rest of the room and uh, what that room will look yeah. like as well. Well, number one, I would much rather have two dudes that are capable than not having any. You know, I'd much rather have a competition than us being scratching our heads trying to figure who's going who's gonna to throw the ball and who's going to hand it off. So, and I have been in both rooms, unfortunately, in my career, have been at a place – well, we just didn't have the guy. And without a quarterback, you have very little chance to be successful. We've got two capable starter quarterbacks. We know that. It is a quarterback competition, not a controversy. First quarterback to take the first snap with a one huddle is going to be Mr. Bonner. And he's earned that right and played lights out when he was healthy last year. And thank God Lane Hatcher came in and played lights out when, when Logan went down. And they have both busted their tails. They understand the dynamic, the circumstance. They work together to make us better. Whoever is the guy, and, and I would just say this. I told Logan, it's your job to lose. Lane, you got to go get him, and you're going to get that opportunity, and the best man's going to be the starter. It's probably going to take both to get through the year anyway. With COVID and injury, I mean, you, what are the chances that one of those guys can play all season anyway? And I, I just say we're in better shape than almost anybody else in the country because we got two guys that have proven they can win. And we've got skill guys to get the ball to when you consider Marcel and getting Ryan Graham back and Isaiah back and Jamal's got another year and we bring in Lincoln. Uh, high school's already shown up. Uh, we've got Amos Giles, the tight end that transferred from Alabama to go with the already good uh, tight end room. And then you've got every old lineman back and we've added some big monsters to go with it. I mean, I, I'm really, really excited about what our offense can do and we need them to because we need to let the defense catch up. There's a lot more bodies over there that are brand new and, and, and guys that, that have to uh, have to get up to speed. And So we're going to put a lot of pressure on the offense out the gate. 
Well, Coach, uh, obviously it's it's fun to get excited. Of course, we have the unknown. We don't know what's next uh, in the world of college football. But like you said, control what you can control and playing like uh, you're going to play whoever that next opponent is regardless. But I want to ask you um, just what you've seen early on. Uh, you know, I think about a year ago, a lot of guys got thrown into the fire pretty quick, like, and uh, a, some of those dudes responded like really, really well. Uh, I think a guy like Anthony Switzer, who's from right down the road in Marion, uh, he responded very well. Jarius Romanick uh, responded very well. But let's talk about some of those guys that you kind of see the light bulb come on last year when they were just tossed into the fire just due to necessity and how much that's going to benefit those guys moving forward. I just mentioned a couple, but there are several. No, and those are great names. Switcher, that he can play uh, now and that we're in good shape. We're, we're with him. He's going to be in the field. His versatility, both those guys as true freshmen just got better and better as the year went on. I mean, the injury plagued us more on defense than anywhere else, so obviously – getting guys like Forrest Merrill back on the field and healthy, Takua back on the field and healthy with a six-year, uh, which he got from the NCAA. You know, Caleb Bonner, hopefully he's not playing through injury all year. Uh, so many of those guys, uh, Jeff Mario Brown played through injury all year, beat up. We lost Hunter Morton almost all season long. A lot of those names uh, are going to be able to be back and, and hopefully healthy and keep them healthy. And then we add some we add some good names. Bedell Scott had a good spring. Quentin Lee had a good spring. Todd Herring is here now as a UConn uh, corner transfer grad transfer. Started two years for those guys, and immediately day one on campus made an impact. And just in his his maturity and his leadership kind of reminds me a lot of the things that we got out of Blaze Taylor when he was here. You know, texting guys, reminding guys where to be, leading the group, and that's why we brought him in here with to be a veteran leader. Uh, and, and so. You know, we're just at this point, C.J. Harris had a great spring. That group, that side over there, just has, has to come together in gel. And that's going to be the hardest part. That's the biggest challenge physically. We're going to look good. You get Fletch back off of surgery and healthy and on the field. That's going to, that's going to help as well. But, you know, how quickly that group can learn and come together and stay on the same page and communicate well, you know, grow Derek Bean up another step or two. And we've seen physical flashes out of him. So there's a bunch of talent. We just got to get those guys all working on the same page. And have, having the staff intact for another full offseason, I think it's a big part of that. <laughs> well, Coach, I have no idea where that's coming from either. But uh, wow. I, I have no earthly idea. That's not on my end either. So, uh, <laughs> that's your playlist. I, I can hear that. That's right I think that this is uh, – I think Brandon Baxter is probably working on his, his ring entry music uh, in the studio because uh, that definitely sounds like a dude who once had a mullet. Uh, but uh, but anyway, Coach, appreciate the time. This is not your, your goodbye music, but I guess it's going to have to be. But uh, we'll catch up again soon. You take care. See you, brother. All right.